Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. They just seem a little weird. Surrender. Surrender. Hey, everybody. Uh, every episode uh, of Krista Makes a Podcast uh, has been amazing and fun and uh uh, they're all they're all awesome in their own right, but today's episode was really special to me and, and near and dear to my heart. Um, I grew up listening uh, to today's guest band as a, as a kid and uh, uh, still love them uh, as much as I did back then to this day. Um, Less Than Jake covered one of their songs on our 2003 album Anthem, and we had the pleasure of playing with them in May 2017 at a private function in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, at a naval base, and uh, the guys in the band couldn't have been any nicer. Uh, today's guest is none other than Mr. Rick Nielsen, guitarist for Cheap Trick, my first rock and roll Hall of Famer, uh, and uh, R- Rick was was a ton of fun, uh, lots of laughs, <laughs> and uh, um, he he decided to pick Surrender, which uh, which thrilled me to no end, and uh, it was a lot a lot of fun to dig into this one. Uh, Rick talked about how he's written over 500 songs uh, in his career. Um, he said that every kid he knew growing up thought that their parents were weird. Uh, Surrender was written before Cheap Trick had a deal back when they were just playing clubs. Uh, and it wasn't on the first two Cheap Trick uh, albums, even though it was already written because they had so many songs, they were that prolific. Uh, Rick talked about how he had the very first Mellotron in the United States that he bought in 1968 when he went to England. And uh, <laughs> there's a line uh, in Surrender uh, talking about uh, uh, catching your parents parents on the couch rocking and rolling and uh, you can read between the lines with that one uh so rick brought up uh, walking in on parents having sex and uh he claims that he was there watching my parents have sex when they were conceiving my brother <laughs> okay rick uh for all this and much more stay tuned hey hey have you heard krista makes a podcast hey hey have you heard krista makes a podcast hey As our listeners know, we have a guest uh, each week that comes on and they pick a defining song from their career. And uh, uh, Rick chose Surrender, which I couldn't be more jazzed about. Uh, I have a lot of history with this song uh, that, that, we'll, that we'll get into. Uh, amazing song came out in 1978 on the record Heaven Tonight. Uh, and uh, Rick, set us up here. Can, can you take us back uh, to, to when you when you penned the song? Uh, let's see. I was in my apartment. Um, writing songs were my 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 two kids that I had then were uh, were like one and two or three and four something like that uh, or three and five. I'm not exactly. I'd have to go back and do the math again. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I was sitting in my apartment uh, and I had an idea for a song and. Um, 
I, you know, I've written 500 songs. So, so uh, let's see. At that time, I'd probably written 100 songs. And it was something that uh, made sense to me. And um, I, had, I had the chorus of uh, um, Mommy's All Right, or Surrender, Surrender, Don't Give Yourself Away. But uh, Mommy's All Right, Daddy's All Right. Because I always thought that every kid that I knew uh, thought their parents were weird. And I, <laughs> and I was no, and I was no exception. Right. Um, it's just, uh, so your, your first record, uh, self-titled and then in color came out in 77. So between in color and this record, were you, I mean, I know you guys were just road dogs back then. So, um, you said you were in your apartment when you wrote this, was it between, between those records when you were off tour, were you actively writing for a record or was this prior? Was this written during the in color sessions? No, this was, uh, this was written before, uh, this was written uh, I think while we were still playing, just playing in clubs. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so you no, guys, we, did, we, did, we, did, we didn't have a deal. You know, we didn't, we were just uh, playing uh, three and four and five sets a night in clubs. Right. And I, was, and you, and I, was, you guys, I was writing original material for the, for the band. Interesting. Cause you guys started in 73. So this is when you're out slogging it in the clubs and you're just writing all these songs. And, was there a reason uh, Surrender was held back from the first record uh, and or In Color? Well, I guess because we had too many good songs <laughs> or, 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 uh, or too many. Uh, we just had too many songs. I don't know how good ones or not, because I Want You to Want Me was written uh, by the time we did the first album. So we, we didn't put that on there then either. Right. Yeah. So. So did your producers have any call on that? I know Jack Douglas did the first record. Um, uh, Jack, of course, is is uh, famous for doing a bunch of Aerosmith stuff as well. Um, and then Tom Werman came along for In Color, who, who he also produced Heaven Tonight, which uh, which which surrenders on. Um, did they have any say? Did they did they get the demos of these songs and say, I want these songs? Or did you guys do you remember if you had it like in your head of what you wanted to put forward to record? Well, yeah, we always had a, a you know, say so and stuff, but, uh, you know, like I said, we, we had, I think when we did the first album, I think we did, uh, I think it, they, I think it was told 27 tracks in seven days. And, and, uh, you know, it's like, mm, we just do the basic demos or whatever. And, um, like I said, we like Jack, he liked, he liked daddy should have stayed in high school, you know, as opposed to, uh, a song like Surrender, I Want You to Want Me. You know, it was, was kind of like, uh, he thought that was weird enough and cool enough. And, uh, you know, it's like, I, I don't think we even thought anything of it. You know, we had enough songs where it's like, you know, whatever they say, you know, we hope to be making more records. So if it didn't make it on this record, we'll do it on another record. Sure. And I mean, and, and when you were doing this, the seventies were, were a different time. I mean, bands were still allowed to be developed. It wasn't like you got one record and if you didn't have a hit, you were done. So you well, kind of, had- but we weren't, we weren't, uh, looking, uh, like, like, uh, it was a sure thing that we'd be able to record more, but right. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So it wasn't like a sure thing. It's like, all right, here we have a chance to make a record and, it, and it's like, uh, you know, the minute we got done with the record, we just went back to playing. We just always played. So it's like, uh, you know, we'd, we'd hone those other songs in the, while we're working on the clubs. But we, really, cheap trick, we, you know, we really didn't 
hone stuff and we you know we we uh, I'd write a song and we we just do it and you know it's like sure they progressed or whatever by bits but uh, not not so much I mean we were like it's like even today I mean we still to this day we like when we record we usually only do maybe two takes of a song we were, we're pretty good at it. Yeah, that's that that's awesome. So you, uh, I wanted to ask you kind of touched on it. So when you were doing these songs in the clubs, you wrote Surrender and you were taking it out and playing it. Um, it sounds like the song didn't change too much from when you got it uh, in the studio it, uh, in terms of, you know, I mean, there might have been production things, but arrangement and lyrically, it was it was pretty much there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we didn't we didn't go. And, well, we only have one verse. So it's like, uh, you know, until they were flushed out with you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, whatever, you know, we, uh, we, we didn't do them. We, they were finished or, or, or they weren't done. Gotcha. Do you remember the response, uh, when you, when you would play this back before it was ever released? Uh, and I'm assuming when you say you were slogging it out in the bars, this is everywhere from Rockford to, to Chicago, or were you going out of state at this point? Oh, we, we went all over the place. I mean, we, we had a, uh, I'll, I'll call it a, a residence. We, we played in Minot, North Dakota, uh, seven nights a week, uh, five sets a night at a place called the Dutch Mill, and you know, and you know, we'd have to go out and play, and we didn't we we didn't like to repeat stuff, but we you know sometimes we had to we you know maybe do surrender in the first set and then we do it in the last set, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, it would, it, and sometimes we'd be playing to nobody, you know, there'd be nobody there too. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's how obviously how you guys cut your teeth. And I mean, you had to be players back then, because if you weren't a good player, they'd find a session player to come in in the studio uh, because there was no there was no pro tools. Everything was to tape. You had to be you had to be good. I mean, you guys were out busting your busting your humps, uh, uh, you know, in the bars. And that's a lost art. Bands don't do that anymore. Go play five sets. And back then, of course, you know, the 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 bar owners want to keep people drinking in there. So they want you to be a covers band a lot of time. Did you find resistance when you would try to throw in an original? Oh, yeah. We always found trouble there. We'd we'd always told people we do, uh, you know, we we do cover songs. We but we. For us, we really never played the top forty, that kind of stuff. We went, we if we played a song by um, by anybody, like Rolling Stones or David Bowie or whatever, we'd always try to do the B side, you know, because they were just as good as the A sides back then. <laughs> and and then people people thought we were more original by because they'd never heard the thing, but it was reminiscent of you know something, you know. So you know, we I'm just trying to say, you know, we had. Uh, we did like, like some blues kind of songs. We did, uh, Oscar, uh, Oscar Brown, you know, the song I used to do it. I mean, I used to sing this one. It was called, I was cool. Okay. Uh, I used to do that. And uh, I, I had a violin solo in it, you know, it's like, we just, and, and we carried a piano with us too, a little tiny, tiny upright that, uh, I w- wish I still had, but, uh, is cause I used to play piano on stuff. When I was, was there any thought when you were slogging it out five nights, seven nights a week in these bars? What you was? I mean, obviously there was a love of music. You were young. You, it was exciting. But was there ever any thought of like we want to we want to get signed? We want to take this to the next level? Well, uh, say like from seventy three, seventy four. Uh, in nineteen sixty eight, uh, the band uh, we were signed in nineteen sixty eight to Epic Records, 
and it was Tom and I and uh, and three other guys, and I was playing Mellotron and guitar. Was I had that, the very, was I that had the very, I had the very first Mellotron in the United States that I bought in 1968 when I went to England. Oh my and, gosh! Uh, yeah, was that was that the band? Was that Naz? No, that was Fuse. Fuse. We were called, okay. We were called the Grim Reapers, and then the, uh, the record label changed us, our name to Fuse. Okay. And uh, so, so I already had a record deal. It came out in 1969, uh, and it went nowhere. And uh, but we, but we played that band played, and then then I moved ended up moving to Europe, and you know yada yada. You know years passed. So by 73 and 74, you know I'd already had a taste of failure. So so I wanted some more failure. <laughs> <laughs> you were a, you were a glutton for rock and roll punishment. Yeah, so you know it's like uh, I knew that uh, I knew I was good enough, and the, the guys that I wanted to play with were good enough. But you know that didn't mean success. And uh, it, when when Cheap Trick finally came out, I mean that was an era of of disco, and and uh, so it, we just wanted to, so we just wanted to play, and we wanted to play, and. Uh, or I, especially me, I guess, because I was, I've always been in the band. I've never been kicked out of any band. I've been in. <laughs> That's I, good. I should, I should have been, but I wasn't. <laughs> um, so you're, you're in your apartment and you wrote this song. I know you said you had the lyrics surrender, um, and, you know, and, and, and you thought your parents were weird. Um, well, no, I, my parents were, I said, every parent is weird. Every parent. Yeah. yeah, every, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so they, like, and they are when yeah. you're that age. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, hey, you want to go to my house? Uh, no. And, you know, <laughs> the parents would be there. It's like, yes, and, you know, it felt like Eddie Haskell. Yes, Mrs. Cleaver, you know, it's like, but I was never like that. I was never like, you know, I, I was thrown out of band in seventh grade because of my, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Right. Um, it's just, I guess my, my question is, is this, was this written from experience? Was this kind of a, a yeah. mate? okay. So it's for experience. Cause the lyrics are fascinating. Cause I, I've heard the song a million times. I've sung the song. I love yeah, I it. Know. You, you guys did it. Yeah. Yeah. Let, we, 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 we covered it. <laughs> we covered it. For our uh, listeners that don't know, we uh, Less Than Jake covered Surrender on our 2003 uh, record Anthem. Um, and that was a suggestion uh, from our, uh, our producer, Rob Cavallo. I don't know if you know Rob or not. Oh, I know Rob, yeah. Yeah, so Rob suggested that. And I want to get into that later because I have something to talk about with that that's very interesting. But t- just touching on the lyrics right now, uh, it's just f- it's fascinating to me, Rick, because I could never write a lyrical piece such as this. There, I, I don't, I, I kind of know what it means, but I don't. So I'd like to kind of get into this if we could. Mother told me, yes, she told me, this is the first verse, that I'd meet girls like you. She also told me, stay away. You'll never know what you catch. Just the other day I heard of a soldier's falling off, some Indonesian junk that's going around. Now I'm assuming Indonesian junk is referring to heroin, um, but the rest of this, like, what was the the impetus behind this being the first lyric? Do, can you can you set it up? Well, Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's kind of like a, a, a take on, um, like a Chuck Berry or or a, or, a, or a Fats Domino or Jerry Lee Lewis. Mother told me, yeah, da, 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 you know, rock and roll. Yes, she told me, yeah, da, da, da. I'd meet girls like you. You know, it's like, all right, it's like, you know, let's let's go to the hop. Da, 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 let's go. You know, it's like. There had a, there was like just some common lyric. Uh, and then 
I think in the second half of the first verse, I'd meet girls like you, but you better be careful because you know there's there's all this stuff going around out there. You you like like that in, back in the day, you, you might end up like uh, like Al Capone getting syphilis. You know, so, <laughs> so it's like uh, what? Uh, so uh, it's like, but at that time, it's like you know. Uh, and she told me, I mean, girls like you, well, you might get like that, or that it was kind of the Vietnam Vietnam era when I was writing this. Uh-huh. It was like, so it's like um, some Indonesian, you know, well, okay, it could, yeah, you know, it, a, a strain, it could have been uh, COVID-19, you know, <laughs> some, 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 some stuff that's going around. Be careful, be careful while you're at this, be, be cautious here. So that, that's what I was kind of get, trying to get across. And when I was writing, it was like some Indonesian junk. Okay, yeah, the heroin thing. Or some Indone- uh, an Indonesian junk is a boat. It's a little bit of each of that. It's like I try to tie the one in with the other. Some Indonesian junk just going around, you know, floating around the bay or floating around the, in the water. You know, like my mind kind of, yeah, I started off looking for a girl, and before you know it, I'm I'm on a boat in the South China Sea. <laughs> well, uh, that's that's what I mean here. I mean that is just. Well, I, I, I should also say, Chris, I'm glad you didn't write it because <laughs> I didn't want cheap trick to cop, copy less than Jay. Come on, <laughs> I know, right? That'd be so lame. <laughs> no, I got a I got a smile from ear to ear right now, Rick, because it's just I'm I'm looking at these lyrics and I'm and and as I'm talking to you and hearing you explain this, it's just. Ah, it's fascinating, you know, getting to a lyric from it, which is now that I look at it, it's very and it, and, it, and it comes from a different place than I come from, because, you know, I grew up in a, in a, in a different area. You know, you, you came from the 50s, 60s rock and roll, and I could see the mother told me, yes, she told me. But then from there, you know, eight lines later, you get to some Indonesian junk going around. I could never get from there to there in a song and make it have some kind of semblance of of making sense. And it's just uh, <laughs> and and uh, having the having the double entendre of you know Indonesian junk could could mean a number of things. Uh, the boat yeah. thing, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that, 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 that's that's how I wrote it. You know, I wasn't I, I wasn't thinking that I'd be doing an interview with you fifty years later. You know, it's like this is how my how my mind was working. Oh, that's that's great. Um, so then, and, and, and plus, you know, it's like I, I didn't, I, I didn't want to have every song. I love you, you love me. Let's go get, you know, let's go get laid, or let's get married, or you know, let's go, you know, like I tried to not write the typical song. Right, which a lot of bands were doing then. I mean, of course, as you mentioned a moment ago, you had the the disco craze, and then the late seventies, the punk thing came, and then you had your all your album oriented rock bands, your Sticks, your Boston's, and all that. And and um, and you know, then we we never tried to be anybody else. We, we weren't sure that I always tell people I, said, I never wanted to be anybody else, but I'm not sure I wanted to be me, but, but there you go. <laughs> no. And it's, you know, this kudos to you guys. I mean, you, you know, it's cheap trick when you, you know, you just know you hear Robin's voice, you hear, you hear the songs and it's undeniable. Yeah. Nobody, nobody sounded like you. There might've been people that tried to emulate it, but, uh, you guys had your own thing. So we get yeah. to the first chorus and you know, your mommy's all right. Your daddy's all right. They just seem a little weird. Um, surrender. So, you know, but don't yeah, give yourself yeah. away. Yeah. Give, give up, give up, give in. Uh, you know, uh, I know they're weird, uh, give in a little bit, but that way you get away with more stuff. You know, <laughs> if you, if, if you say, if you tell your parents, no, and you know, screw you, I'm not going to do this. So we surrender, surrender, uh, but don't give yourself away, you know, 
keep 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 it cool. Keep keep be the real you. But uh, you know, it's, it's to negotiate is a is a give and take. It's, it's not it's not all you. Yes, they're always right. You're always wrong. You're always right. They're always wrong. No, it's a, it's a give and take. And and now you know you guys were just at this point. You're firing on all cylinders. You're just you know it. All the what what in the clubs playing to nobody? No, yeah, yeah, well, yeah we were. And, and and I I meant from a creative sense. You're, you're, sure. You're, yeah, you're firing all cylinders. So when you would show this this particular lyric, if you remember to the band, what did what did they think? Did you remember their their reaction? Did they think it was great. Did they say what the hell does this mean? Or did they, you know what was the reaction? Uh, well, we got along pretty well. You know, we still do. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody else challenged me to to write songs at the, at the time. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, and then we get into the second uh, verse. Father says, your mother's right. She's really up on things. Before we married, mommy served in the wax in the Philippines. And the wax was the women's auxiliary corps. No, um, women's army corps. Yeah. Women's army corps. Excuse me. Um, and, uh, well, one of my aunts was, was that all my, all my parents and all my aunts and uncles, they were all, you know, World War II type, uh, they and later were uh, were all in uh, the armed services of some some sort. And my my one aunt, my aunt Ruth, uh, she was a in, she was a whack. I I'm 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 <laughs> I look at this and I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words. It's just so. How did your brain get to talk about this in the in the second verse from where the first verse was? Well, you know. First verse, mother told me, and uh, then the second verse. Uh, father says your mother's father right. Father says, yeah, your mother's right. <laughs> you know, uh, so you listen. At, first you listen uh, to your mother and your father. You listen to him. Father mm-hmm. says your mother's right. She's really up on things. Before we married, she, she's heard the wax in the Philippines. So, she, you know, she's been around the world. She's done it. She knows what's cooking. That's awesome. And it says, uh, now I heard the wax recruited old maids for the war, but mommy isn't one of those. I've known her all these years. Yeah. You know, it's like, so I heard that, uh, wax recruited old maids to be in the army. You know, you think about guys in the service in the second world war or any war, you know, they had their pinup girls, their pinup girls were not, uh, you know, they were hot, whatever they weren't, uh, service women dressed up in uniforms like that. So, you know, I, it's just, it was a play on, on the, on just an observation. Okay. Yeah. yeah which, I mean, back then, I mean, you're, you, it was, it was different. There wasn't as many women that, that are in the military or wasn't accepted like it was today. Yeah. So that's where that verse was coming from. Okay. And then we, uh, of course, get into, get into a second chorus and, uh, before we go any further, um, which I want to get to the rest of the lyrics, but uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the key change because the song uh, begins in B, B flat major um, with an immediate key change to B. Um, do you remember how that came about? Yeah, it's like a, otherwise the whole song would be linear if it stayed in you know like Louis 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 uh-huh. da, 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 you know it doesn't it never changes. That's all right, but. <clears throat> this song is just to to keep building up. Uh, it sounds like it builds up, but it actually just the the key modulates 
And, and uh, you know, you can't do that in every song, but that this was the perfect song to do it because it starts off, it starts off kind of like, uh, kind of like a, a chorus anyhow. Da, 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 then it jumps up. It's just you know, I knew music well enough where I thought that that should happen. Yeah, and 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 I've I've done that sometimes in in songs that I've written, um, but sometimes they'll start out as you said linear, and then I'll be like, man, this is too linear or too. It needs a little yeah. more pizzazz, and I'll I'll put. Do you remember if the song was linear and you decided to do this later, or was it written exactly like that from the uh, beginning? I'm not exactly sure about okay. that. And then, um, of course. Uh, it, it, it's it's in B then uh, B major for 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 most of the song. Uh, for, and two, then if, for two, yeah, for two verses and two choruses. Yeah, yeah, and then and then n- near the end we go uh, we go up to C, uh, and then that's the that's where we're at at the next verse, and it's it's whatever happened to all this seasons, losers of the year. Every time I got to thinking, where'd they disappear? But when I woke up, mom and dad are rolling on the couch, rolling numbers, rock and rolling, got my Kiss records out. Um, and, and, and kiss their first record came out in 74. So this song would have had to have been written between 74 and, and and when when it came out, you said it was written before you guys had it. Yeah. I I think we, I think I added the word kiss records, uh, rock and roll and got my, got my records out or whatever. Ah. It It may have been like that, but I'm like, what is the ultimate slap in the face at, at, at that time? You know, it's like, Here's your parents. They're listening to it. <laughs> they're you know, they're rolling around on the couch and they're listening to you. Oh your, yeah, cause, your, your kiss records. Oh my god, you know it's like it's like well then you know a couple of years later. Oh my god, they got my it was probably you know like having my Rolling Stones records out, you know, or then <laughs> the, it, you know whatever the 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 band the the bad boys of rock and roll of that season or that era, you know whatever you know. Got my Marilyn Manson records out. Got my. Well, I was just going to say got they, my, they got my Ozzy Osbourne, but it's like Kiss is like the ultimate parents. Like, oh my God, you you can't be listening to this stuff or look at these guys. You know, it's like like Alice Cooper. I mean, it could have been any any of that stuff, but uh, Kiss kind of really fit the bill. Well, which was great because you guys did a bunch of tours after that with Kiss. You know, you yeah, you yeah. And, 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 and now. It's, I think we can say got my kiss records out and I, th- oh, I would throw a cheap trick record out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and as you said, I mean, kiss were, I mean, either, either they were adored and loved by the masses, uh, you know, the teenagers, it was so huge, such a phenomenon. No one was doing what they were doing back then, or they were absolutely hated. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, think about it. You know, it's like the ultimate, it's like, Oh my God, I walked into my parents were happy. Oh no God. You know, it's like, it's like like George Costanza, you know, his mother walked in while he's, while he's jerking off. You know, it's like, oh God, and it's like, oh, this is the worst thing on earth. And, oh my God, you know, that's great. That's great. Um, so yeah, hey, yeah, hey Chris, uh, did you ever walk in on your parents when they were uh, conceived? Trying to conceive something besides you? Um, evidently, I did when I was about two, but I don't remember. My parents told me, yeah, that they. Uh, I walked oh, in when the when the deed was happening. Maybe they and my brother's two and a half years younger than me, so maybe that's when they were making my bro. I don't know. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I was there. I was there watching. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is great! Um, <laughs> I can't wait to tell my parents. I'm going to call them later and let them know. Um, you know, Rick, you know, Rick Nielsen Rick, was outside Rick the window. Was, was there? 
Well, if you, if you think about it, where I used to live, uh, I lived in Elmhurst, Illinois, and uh, and the next door neighbors were the Byermans, and he was the uh, editor of the the Elmhurst paper or whatever it was, and they had they had a shower in their basement, and I used to look uh, look in their window well because he had he had twin daughters, and and so here I'm seven years old, and I I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Did, I, did I still remember it? Yeah. You had your own peep show. Um, and, and, and in fact, uh, Illinois is not that far from where my uh, parents and I lived at that time. We were, uh, we were living outside of Detroit, Michigan. So, um, which I know you guys have a, a, a rich history with over the years. Um, yeah. So <laughs> going back to the top line here again, uh, backtracking, whatever happened to all this season's losers of the year? Uh, what is that referring to? Well, uh, it meant a lot of things. Uh, whatever happened to the season, lose. You know, all all the people that uh, that you grew up with. That uh, you know, whatever happened. You, they, everybody thinks you're the loser, but then you think everybody else is the loser. You know, like oh, what a loser that guy is. And then they're looking at me. I'm in a, instead of going out for sports, I'm playing in a rock band. What a loser. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, it's like it was it was a bit of each of that, you know, the same dichotomy of uh, of, of surrender. Um, mommy, you know, it's like mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. You know, OK, who's right? Am I right that I stayed in a rock band? Are they right that they went out for sports and they're a jock that they, you know, it's like it was kind of like, like I say, I guess a dichotomy of uh, whatever happened to those losers. Well, we're not the losers. We're, you know, I'm I'm playing in a rock band. I thought it was a, a badge of, of courage or a badge of, of coolness where others think it was like a badge of, you know, what are you doing this for? Well, how come you're not studying harder? <laughs> yeah, that is that is too cool, which leads into the next line, which you kind of just, uh, now I kind of get it. Every time I got to thinking, where'd they disappear? So yeah. you're, you're thinking of these losers, like, well, where the hell did yeah. that, where, where, where'd old Bob go? I wonder what ever happened to him. Yeah, well, yeah, and then turn it around. Uh they're looking at me. Where'd those losers go? They, they went nowhere. Oh, now, oh, whether, you know, I went to my uh, 25th uh, high school reunion and it was like, hello, Richard, what are you, what have you been doing? You know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> How the hell could they not have known? <laughs> well, some of them did because they were, they were, you know, they weren't listening to rock records or, or, you know, they weren't, you know, not that I'm any better than anybody else, but it's like, I, I stuck to what I was going to do, you know, and it's like, uh, so Rick, what's new? By what team, what year would that have been? Mid 80s. 92. Okay. And I graduated in 67. So it's like, I went, you know, 25 years later, you know, I'd already been to Budokan and all that, and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, by that so, time, uh, you, you, you but, know. but some, some people thought it was, it was, uh, was interesting, you know, like the, the, probably the, uh, the girl that was like the loosest girl in high school 
shows up with a, a couple other good-looking women, and she was a doctor, and said, my God, you know, it's like, you know, you know I always say, you know, the, the ultimate uh, person to meet years later, it's like, uh, she's, she's hot, she's loose, she's a doctor, and, and, she, <laughs> and she lives above the liquor store, you know, it's like, you know, the, the ultimate, the ultimate girl. <laughs> Um, <laughs> was so, uh, oh, you're, this is, this is great. Um, when, uh, but when I woke up, mom and dad are rolling on the couch and this is, so this is when you, now you walk in your senior folks are rolling numbers, which I'm assuming is, is, is that a, is that a, a joint reference or what is that reference? Rolling numbers. Okay. 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 <laughs> we'll go with that. And rock yeah. and ro- rock and roll. And we know what that means. And, and, and then they got, and then they're listening to your kiss records, which is now you're aghast. Yeah. Yeah, you're rolling. They're rolling around on the couch. They're rolling numbers, and and it got my kiss records out. I out. You know, it's the the horror. It's like, I uh, you know what you you already you already said what you think or what I think about it. You know, it, it's the it's the ultimate. You know, you're you're listening to your parents for advice. Mother's right. You know, mother told me watch out, and here they are. They're just as they're just as weird as, as you are or yeah. weirder. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, there you go. yeah no, it, it, it's, it, it's the wow moment because, you know, I, I've heard this song. Uh, I don't know how many times in my life, always loved no. it since I was a young kid and you haven't heard, you haven't heard it enough. <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah, now I'm going to, now I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to hear it a whole different way, which I know the listeners are going to get, get just a kick out of this because, and that's why I'm so, so fascinated with, with songwriting and, and breaking it down uh, like this, because um, besides, besides you, Chris, and, and the other Chris, who else listens to your podcast? Well, uh, that's, about, that's about it. huh? Yeah, that's, that's about <laughs> That's about it. Actually, we're 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 uh, we're doing really well. We got some uh, we got some great viewership. But uh, the great part about uh, this podcast is uh, it there's it's not time sensitive. It's going to be out there forever on my page, so people will be able oh, to check. Uh oh, I know. <laughs> I'll yeah, be able to. Like, I'll, uh, I'll be held liable like, for like years. People ask me about guitar collecting. I said, well, you know, I'm like anybody else. I started with one. You know, <laughs> so. I want to kind of talk a little bit. We mentioned a little bit ago about Rob Cavallo. So when we, when we were doing the Anthem record, um, Rob had suggested, he said, uh, Hey, you know, we, we should cut a cover for this. And, and we said, okay. He's like, you guys got anything in mind? And, and we're like, well, not really, you know, and, and our band's always done covers. We, we love, love doing renditions of songs. Um, and, and Rob, uh, he, he had suggested uh, two songs and one of them was born to run, which I love born to run by Springsteen, but the other one was surrender and surrender just seemed to be a little more, um, I don't know, in our wheelhouse in, in terms of that maybe we could pull off a rendition of it. And, and well, it, and, it's, it's not, it's not like an adult song like born to run. Right. I think that had a lot to do with it. Well, yeah, it was, it was a little more, it was a little more, I don't want to use the word rock more, and roll, but more, more fun. Yeah, more more fun, and uh, so when we did it, we we started to to, to cut it, and um, I was playing a couple chords wrong, and and oh, Rob yeah. Rob actually he picked up the guitar, and he's like, no, no, it's like this, and he's showing me all these all the weird uh, suspended chords and stuff that you're doing, and we, we we go to cut it, and he says, I don't want to do the ending like on Heaven Tonight, and I said, I, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you ever ever heard the Budokan version? I'm like, yeah. He's like. When's the last time you heard it? I'm like, I, I, I'm not sure. He's like, 
go listen to it. And I went and listened to it. I'm like, oh, there's like this extended, really cool ending that we ended up recording on our record. We did the Budokan version. Do you, was that written initially that you didn't, that you scrapped in the studio or was that, was that just a live thing? Oh, it was, you know, we did it live like that, you know, like in the studio, Worman didn't think that, you know, we, we just did it and just faded out, you know? Gotcha. So it wasn't, it wasn't something that, uh, that you thought needed to be on record. It was just, and, and, and was that the way you were, you were playing it, uh, back in the clubs and how you had, had written it? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, cause, uh, you know, we're all, all right. We're all, you know, that, that you know, you get the hook of the song enough times. It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the audience, you know, by the, by then when we were playing it, you know, it was, it was kind of a, it, it's easy enough and it's catchy enough where people have kind of got it right away. Sure. Um, you know, I, so yeah, so yeah, we made a, we made a, a, a big deal of the ending. <laughs> yeah. And the Budokan version is just, it's just so killer. And that's why we, we ended up doing it like that. And now I can't, can't imagine it not being that way because it's, it's so powerful and such a, such a great ending. And it ends on that weird, like B suspended chord, which is just so cool. Um, uh-huh. C suspended chord. C, sorry, C. Excuse me. Um, thank God you're here. Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> <What> I- <laughs> yeah. yeah. My my interview is better when I'm here, and it's sometimes worse when I'm here. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Um, so, uh, you back in when you wrote this, and of course you record it. Uh, the song was was released in June of '78. Uh, it was the first cheat trick uh, single to enter the Billboard Top 100, peaking uh, at number 62. It's on the radio. You're hearing this song. Do you remember the first time you heard it on the radio? And what were your thoughts? Uh, probably the first time I heard it, I thought it was a good idea. But, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember when I heard it. Yeah. And, and did you have any idea that you'd be talking about it for 42 years later to, to some knucklehead, uh, uh, you know, from a, from a punk band? Well, I'm a knucklehead, so, you know, probably <laughs> mumbling and talking to myself. <laughs> um, really so you know, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like uh, surrender is kind of like I was when I've been asked about it. I said it's kind of like uh, Stairway to Heaven. You know, it was never a hit. It was a turntable hit. Everybody kind of knew it, but it wasn't. It didn't chart, you know, that well. So, but everybody kind of knew it. And look at look at the, the accolades we've gotten for it, and we're still playing it today. So. And I, it's it's unreal. And I mean, just the 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 cultural phenomenon that it's become like you said it was just kind of like an album song and you didn't think much of it it was just another one of those songs you were writing when you were slogging it out in the bars and the clubs back in the early 70s and it's just it, it's can, can, can continues to take on a life of its own i can't tell you how many bands i know that, that have covered the song it's just it's tons uh because it's just such 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 a great song um, yeah I, I played it with the with the pearl jam i played it with the um uh, uh, what's it? Foo Fighters. Yeah, I was going to say probably with Foo Fighters. <laughs> uh, let's see uh, who else. Uh, Green Day. Uh, you've heard of them, right? I'm sorry. Say that again. I said Green Day. Oh, gr- yeah. Sorry, my, my my audio cut out. Green Day, of course. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. I know yeah, Billy. Yeah. Billy. Yeah. Whenever, a huge whenever, fan. whenever I say something good, uh, you say the audio cut out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can take credit for yeah yeah exactly no of course yeah no billy uh billy joe from green day is a huge sheet trick fan and uh um, yeah I, I got a story about that let's uh, hear it 
my, my next door neighbor uh, was like a, a fan and a, and she actually ended up marrying one of the guys from, um, uh, from their original record label. And uh, they were traveling the, in a van in the early days and they came and they stayed uh, at my, at my very next door neighbor and um, her, her mother, uh, uh, they were Swedish and she was going to, you know, clean their clothes and give them a place to stay in a shower and all that stuff. And she played the accordion for them and they found out that I lived next door and they came over to my house. We were, of course, were on tour and they left, a, they signed a, a, a 45 and left it at the, in my back door, they, they played with my dog, I guess. And they said that, uh, uh, Rick, we're big fans. Uh, this is our new record. On, I think it's Outlook Records. Uh, Lookout, Lookout Records, yep. Mm-hmm. Lookout Records, yeah. yeah. And she ended up marrying one of the guys from Lookout Records. The, not, not the mother, but the, the daughter. That's and, great. Uh, well, yeah, B- Billy's, uh, he had a side band in the early days with Green Day. They were called Pinhead Gunpowder, and they covered Surrender. They're one of the bands that I was talking about a little bit ago. So uh, that was one of the first uh, covers I had heard of the song. I had the Pinhead Gunpowder seven inch years ago that was on Lookout Records. So uh, yeah. the, fact, the fact that they, <laughs> they left you a record at your house, and of course you were yeah, on yeah. the road, on the road because you guys are road dogs. Uh, you're, you're still out there. Uh, I don't know how many shows, 150 shows a year. Uh, still killing it, which is just such an inspiration uh, to all touring bands that, uh, you know, and, and of course, congratulations on, on, uh, uh, on getting inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame. Ah, that was good. Huh? It's uh, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's amazing. I, and I, I just, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. It's, it's just testament to who you are. You, you, uh, you guys just, you know, there, I, I read a quote years ago from Steven Tyler. He, he, what's the number one advice you can give in, in the music business? He said, you got to ride the highs just like you ride the lows. You know, you got to, and, and, and the business is such a tough business and the fact that you guys have been able to maintain all these years. And, and yeah, I want, well, I was, yeah, I always tell people, I said, you know, it's like if we, if, if we had to, had to wait to have a hit record to tour, I said, we never would have toured, you know, you yeah. just got to go out and do it. No, and, and and you guys did, and and I I got to tell you, you know, as, as a fan, uh, you know, my and and to the listeners out there, Cheap Trick is one of those bands that that I strive. I look at you guys, and I always say that I haven't written my best song yet because you know you, your early stuff has all I always say has all those memories attached to it that that people love those songs for for a number of reasons. They're great songs, etc. But uh, you guys continue my my top three. Cheap Trick songs are from all different eras. Uh, the first one, of, of course, out of the three is Surrender. Uh, then from 1985's uh, Standing on the Edge record, Tonight It's You. And then from the 2016 uh, Cheap Trick record, Bang, Zoom, Crazy, Hello, the song No Direction Home. Those are my top three. And you guys have a lot of damn good songs. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, well, there's there's three. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, that is so cool to, uh, there's not a lot of bands. And I mean that, that, uh, you can, you can span from, from 78, uh, to currently and, and, and love, uh, songs from all their eras. It's like, yeah, their yeah. old, their old stuff's really good, but their new shit sucks. You know, how many times have you heard that? Uh, every time we put out a record. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, uh, uh, Rick, I love, uh, how humble you are. I love the fact that, uh, we've got to play with you guys. Lesson Jake played with uh, cheap trick in 2017 at the Naval base in Jacksonville, Florida. And Rick, uh, let me play, 
his amazing explorer uh, that was used, uh, uh, played at Budokan, and, and you see the, the checkerboard guitar and, and, and tons of uh, videos, etc. Uh, I got to play it. Uh, he handed it to me on the side of the stage. Uh, I blown away. Can't believe it. Um, and, uh, of course I've got to, got to be friends with your son, Dax, uh, the, now the drummer of cheap trick Dax Nielsen and, uh, Dax invited me to a show. I brought, brought my dad out to, to meet you and you guys couldn't have been more, uh, more accommodating and, and just wonderful people. Thank you. Well, that's not going to happen again. <laughs> you, you got your one chance. That's right. Uh, well, Thank God you didn't break it. I'd be still pissed at you. I know, right? Well, uh, man, and 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 I got to hold the five neck guitar. The that guitar is just iconic, and I got to put that over my shoulder and hold it. That is just amazing. That, you know, I used to be two inches taller. I'm <laughs> sure that thing weighs like a hundred pounds. Um, yeah. Rick, is there anything you'd like to leave listeners with? What what you're up to? Would you like to plug anything? Yeah, buy your uh, buy the the anthem record by Lesson Jake. That way, I get a penny royalty. <laughs> no i don't know i don't have anything to say well uh i think i think you've said it all man um uh, thank you so much for taking the time uh out of your day to speak to me it means a lot and uh you're 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 one of my heroes you're an icon and oh, uh, stop it you, you tell my wife this stuff you know yeah what what I, I was gonna say con- congratulations on, on on all your all your success like success, I've been married for 50 years, and I haven't killed her or she hasn't killed me yet. <laughs> there's there's success for you. Or or, or or lack of success. There there you go. There you go. You're, you're, you're doing something right and wrong. Yeah, there you go. That I like I like that. Yeah. All right, Rick. All thank right. thank you so much. Have have a great day, okay? All right. Let me know when this uh plays again. But next time, get me the right information in advance. I I, not, I I will. Not, I will. I'm not. I'm not going to blame you. I'm going to blame the other Chris. Yes. He's he's quiet like he should be. Exactly. I blame him for everything too. All right, Rick. Thank you so much. Tell tell Dax I said hello. I'll tell Dax you said hello. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know, where each week I will preview a select band of my choice that you may or may not know. If you'd like your band to be previewed on Krista Makes a Podcast, all you have to do is submit your song and bio to bandyoumightnotknow at gmail.com. Again, that's bandyoumightnotknow, all one word, at gmail.com. All I ask for is a good quality recording of a song you feel best represents your band. Uh, this week's band is JDR and the Broadcast. Uh, they're a Midwestern rock and roll band from Aurora, Illinois, and uh, uh, usually I like 
like to give the band members names and corresponding instruments, but I could not find uh, who who plays what in this band or their names anywhere online. So if you submit your band to be previewed on Chris Makes a Podcast for a band you might not know, please uh, tell me who, who plays what and uh, what, what all your names are because, uh, I don't know, I feel like it adds a little human element to this and uh, who doesn't like to hear their name said over the radio? Uh, their latest record is called No Winning Hands. It was released this year. Uh, I really like these guys uh, and their sound. Uh, very honest Americana rock and roll that takes me back to the mid to late 70s. Uh, really good stuff. Visit JDR and the broadcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and listen to them on all digital and streaming music services. Here's a snippet of their song, Jesse James. And if you're gonna go, go tomorrow and yesterday Chris and Chris. So that was pretty cool, man. Your first rock and roll Hall of Famer guest. Yeah, uh, really, really special uh, episode for me. Just a lot of a lot of history with this band, uh, and yeah, rock and roll Hall of Famer. Um, I uh, didn't know in uh, what this is the fifteenth episode uh, that we'd have a, a rock and roll Hall of Famer that quick, but uh, I was honored to have have Rick on the show, and uh, he's uh, <laughs> he's a funny character. Yeah, man, he's pretty entertaining and pretty wild, and I could imagine that he was even wilder in his younger days. But the dude is an absolute beast of a songwriter, and you know, cheap trick and, and bands of the like from. The, the 60s and 70s, uh, they paved the way for bands like Less Than Jake. Yeah, they certainly did. I mean, you know, uh, by 1979, uh, you know, if you're looking at, I don't know, late 50s rock and roll starting, uh, late 70s rock and roll was still uh, 20 years old. It was in its infancy. I mean, it's it's uh, crazy to think that. And, uh, you know, Cheap Trick were a full 10 years before that, slogging it out in the clubs, playing, you know, four, five, six sets a night. And most of the club owners then wanted you to play cover songs because that's what kept people uh, dancing and drinking. And uh, these guys would, would, you know, try to slip in an original here and there. And they wanted to write original music. And uh, that was all kind of kind of new then. Um, and, uh, you know, just him telling stories about that time period was fascinating. You and I experienced a whole different thing. It was putting out our own music. Yeah, maybe we'd cover a song in the style of punk rock or something once in a while. But we released our own original music and we hit the road, uh, tried to find ways to market ourselves and weren't doing cover sets or, uh, you know, multiple sets in a night. That wasn't really a thing that we really ever had to do. But I do think there are bands that still do that. I still hear stories. And I, I personally know some people that will play cover sets, but deep in their heart, they have original music on their mind or, or might slip one or two in. But I don't know, was that even an option in like the 60s and 70s to just start that way? Just write original music and hit the road? I, I, I just don't. Yeah, that's a, a great point. I don't think there was scenes. It wasn't like now where, you know, we're a punk band or we're a ska band or we're a uh, an indie band and, and we're going to go find like-minded bands in, in different cities to tour with it it didn't exist <laughs> you know so yeah. um you had to you had to as i say slog it out in the clubs you had to go locally first and start playing and then then you'd branch out like you know cheap trick was from rockford illinois they'd 
probably started there and then they'd take weekend trips to Milwaukee or, or into Chicago and, uh, you know, go over to Ohio and play and just break out uh, regionally. And then from there, uh, uh, keep, keep doing their thing, uh, as far out as they can get. And, and, uh, you know, what was crazy about, you know, Rick was talking about, they had surrender written. They were playing that in, in the clubs, uh, for years before they ever, uh, ever recorded the song. Right. So, you know, you or I might have the experience of writing a song, maybe playing it at a practice space, recording the song, but not actually playing it live until it's out on an album. Whereas back then, you probably played the song 500 times live before you ever uh, even went in the studio and recorded it. So you had a lot of natural working out of things in songs. Uh, so, you know, those guys probably went in the studio with these songs so thought out, at least among themselves, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I think it was uh, Tim Risegans we were talking on his episode about, you know, you uh, you go record uh, songs, but you never learn them as a band. You have to actually, like, learn them from the, from your own recording, which <laughs> Cheap Trick wasn't doing that. They were they were playing these songs, and, uh, you know, uh, he even said that uh, Surrender was written, but it was left off the first two records because they had so much material. Um, which is which is which is crazy to think, um, but uh, yeah, you know, just myself uh, growing up with Cheap Trick, um, you know, listening to them and in, in the car with my dad on the way to uh, <laughs> Little League games, and and uh, they were just a big part of my life. And then of course, when we when Less Than Jake went to do the anthem record, our producer Rob Cavallo had suggested, hey guys, you know, we should uh, we should maybe do a cover and. Uh, we didn't really have any ideas, and uh, there was two in the running. One was uh, Bruce Springsteen's "Born to Run," which is which is just such an iconic song. I couldn't even imagine tackling that. Not to take anything away from Surrender, but uh, we just felt Surrender was a little little more up our alley, and we could we could pull it off. And uh, uh, you know, we, we covered the song, and uh, then you know, as as I mentioned um, in the uh, in the intro. Uh, we got to play with uh, Cheap Trick in May 2017 in Jacksonville, Florida, which which was a, beyond amazing. Got to meet the guys, and uh, they are uh, true gentlemen. Yeah, man, I love the pictures from that. Uh, and also, did you know that? Did you know that Punchline had a Cheap Trick connection too? Uh, <laughs> which is a really funny one. Um, is that in 2012 we were on a television show on Fox hosted by Howie Mandel called Mobbed. Uh, it was a flash mob show that Steve was the star of that episode. And we went to LA with this song written, a punchline song called Universe written, which would have fit perfectly into the song. And we're like, oh man, this is our big break. We're going to get to play our new song in front of millions of people. And this is going to be so awesome. And there's going to be this giant flash mob to it. And then we got out there and they're like, no, you got to do, <laughs> you got to do a song that people know already. And we were like, damn it. And, and we ended up doing, I want you to want me, uh, which if you have to do a, if you have to do a cover song, that was a pretty cool one to do. We learned it. We did a pretty cool version of it. I thought, which is still out there and everything. So yeah, both of our bands have played some cheap trick. That's cool. Yeah. There could have been a, could have been a lot of other really bad songs they wanted you to, uh, to play. So I think, I think you right. guys got lucky with that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, overall just, uh, just knowing, and there was so much more in the episode that I wanted to talk to him about, because of course I try to keep the theme to songwriting, but, uh, I could have talked to Rick for, for probably three hours. <laughs> it's so many questions just cause he's such a wealth of knowledge and, and, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was doing this 30 years, uh, uh, before I ever even got started. Started, which which is which is awesome yeah you probably could have talked to him about 
everybody ever. You could have you could have been like, hey, uh, tell me about uh, when you hung out with John Lennon, or tell me about oh, when yeah. you uh, tell me about Springsteen, or tell me yeah, tell me about Linda Ronstadt. Uh, you could you could have brought up anybody, and that guy would have had a story about it. So yeah, you could have done a twelve hour episode with him, and it probably would have never got boring. Right, right. Well, uh, if you don't mind, Chris, I'd like to pin something on the listeners right now. What's that? <laughs> Your Etsy shop where you make enamel pins. Oh, I, damn. That, that was a good segue, man. Nice. It was the best I could come up with on that short was, notice. I didn't even see it coming. But uh, yeah, if anybody likes enamel pins out there, I have a, an Etsy shop. It's iloveenamelpins.com. And if you use the discount cr- code ChrisDemakes, uh, you'll get 30% off your order. I like designing pins, and that's my little niche thing that I like to do on the side. Uh, yeah, it's iloveenamelpins.com. Yes, get uh, get an enamel pin from Chris. They are fantastic. And uh, there, there's there's your shameless plug for the day. I would also uh, also like to talk about uh, the charity for this month, uh, for Chris to Makes a Difference. Uh, the charity is for Big Brothers and Big Sisters of the Laurel region, uh, which is uh, in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. And, uh, you know, keep those uh, donations coming. We have a goal of $1,000. Uh, we're going to be doing one charity a month. You can go to chrisdemakesadifference.com uh, to donate. And, uh, you know, I know times are, are tough right now, but every little bit helps. Yeah, man. You know, we have thousands of listeners every week. Even if you could chip in a dollar, uh, that will help out because I know them in, in specific uh, had talked to them. And, you know, everybody's probably behind their fundraising goals for the year uh, this year. And so, you know, even if you can chip in a buck, if everybody chipped in a buck, we'd reach our goal in one minute. So uh, that would be really cool. And uh, Chris, uh, speaking of, of, plugs and things uh do you want to tell us a little bit about your one-on-one video consultations that you offer i I would love to you know i uh never uh never thought of myself as the producer in a sense that i'm going to get uh in a room with a band for a month and uh start start from scratch with songs it just never interests me but what i do love doing and i feel i excel at uh is taking your song in the 11th hour you get it as far as you can take it and then uh, we'll we'll get on a Zoom call together, and uh, I'll produce your songs uh, uh, live one-on-one in a video session. Uh, we can do song collaborations. I could answer uh, any and all questions of the music business. Uh, I've been doing a lot of these lately, and they've, they've been great. I really feel like uh, that, that, that I've been helping people. And uh, So, yeah, if you'd like more information on this, you can email me at chrisdemakes at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, uh, wonderful episode this week. Can't say enough about it. Uh, And hopefully we can get Rick back on and uh, I'll pick his brain for another hour sometime. Hell yeah, there's plenty of good songs to pick from there. So uh, yeah, man, good episode. Right on. And uh, thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe uh, and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Until next week, we'll see you then. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply 
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.